Welcome into all our dads out there and all our moms. You are listening to episode 113 of the Fade You podcast. We are on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to us. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter. Listen to the pod. We got Joe's Daily Degen that just started yesterday. So make sure you're checking that out. My name is Matthew James and we've got a special episode today. I'm here with Chris Duke. Chris, are you excited for our guest today? He is definitely one of your favorite follows. Yes, I love me some Adam just because he just comes from the same heart of betting lots of poop like me. And I love to see his plays come through and uh, they're ugly. They make you hold your nose sometimes, but that's why he he's a winner because you got to take those. You got to take those. He is Adam Trigger. You can find him on Twitter at TopFlightSI. He is featured on Wager Talk, and you can check him out on the Hustle Podcast, which is a great listen with some of our favorite people. They are at Hustle Show Pod on Twitter. And Adam, Chris is right. I mean, we have our group text uh, separately, and when you'll you'll come in with a play that he'll get his hands on, and he'll say, "Oh, good, Adam's on some disgusting that I absolutely love." So thanks for making time for us, and it's great to have you on again. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Glad we could could make this work. Uh, just to comment on that quick, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I like, unfortunately, the the good, the quote unquote good teams or the or the teams, you know, everyone wants to watch, everyone wants to bet are, are typically the teams that are going to be overvalued in the market. So, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to make a ton of money long term. Uh, this is actually a bad example. I was going to say betting on the Chiefs, but they've uh, up until last week they've just have been just a monster against the number. But but only because they were so poor against the number to start the season. So like if you look at their the Chiefs like law the full season against the spread, it's probably decent. But like this little run of of covers that the Chiefs were on that ended last week, I want to say they had covered six games in a row. Uh, followed a stretch where they were very unchief like if you will right like they were were not that team to start the season so you know it was it was like one of those rare scenarios where you know you, you could get in on a, a team like that because the masses kind of had lost faith with them and they were a little bit undervalued but yeah I mean typically it, it, it's more about just making good bets and making good bets at good numbers and and more often than not, the good bet at the good number is probably a team that's not overly desirable um, because if they were, you wouldn't be getting that type of value on them. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's I always laugh, uh, you know, it. Yeah, it is. It is poop sometime. I mean, you're you're talking about, you know, having to sit there with a, a team that's lost. You know, we're we're, we're recording this on. um on on Thursday uh so this will go out later and, and this game will be long long done by then but like tonight I'm on Cincinnati in college hoop I mean they've kind of been they've kind of been not very good of late and they're they're actually a small favorite at home tonight um but again you know it's a you, you have to you have to sort of decide like 
I'm making the decision, okay, I'm going to step in on Cincinnati now uh, when they're laying two, because if, if this were what this team probably should be right now, they'd probably be laying four. They might be laying four and a half. So I'm going to try to generate a little value here by sort of being ahead of the curve because I think they will play better or, or are better than they are right now. So, so yeah, I mean, there's obviously more to it, to it than that, but if you're finding yourself on the sort of the undesirable sides, like you're, you're probably on the right track. There's a lot to unpack with that. And I think you gave me the episode title and I'm also going to change my, my group text thread name with Chris to not overly desirable. Cause we say it all the time. We say uh, you've got a team that's just kind of downtrodden and beaten down. And Chris and I'll say, give us your tired, your poor, your weary, Chris, your scum. And uh, it's kind of fun to be on those sides too. Right, Chris. Yeah. And, and that's why we love Adam and we love his plays when they come in. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the, the average Joe would look and say, how, why is he on Cincinnati? They just lost Tulane at home, you know, uh, outright land nine and SMU's on a W, whatever, eight or nine. They're killing it. Um, eight in a row, I think. Yep. Yeah. How can you take those? And, uh, you know, it's great. And it, it's kind of a, a great segue into it's funny. We got a text from our fade guy and he's on <laughs> he's on a ranked team catching points. You know, you'd think and we uh-huh. talked about you know that's that's what the public does they see the number and they take the points and so uh where the sharp would say no i'll i'll go ahead there's a reason why this uh, unranked team is laying the points yeah and it's not like it doesn't it's not like foolproof by any means like it doesn't just work out every time like if you just i mean there's there's so many different factors that go into it i'm sure we'll get into it a, a little more later in the show when we kind of talk college hoop but like just just from a general standpoint, if you're looking at, a, like, let's just use a college basketball game, for example. Yeah, ranked team getting points, unranked team as a favorite, like, that That at least should start to get the wheels turning and, and say, okay, like, there, there's, why is this the case? And, you know, it doesn't always mean it's, it, it's going to be a bet, but a lot of times, like, I would be, I would be very nervous in most scenarios to take points with the ranked team that's playing the unranked team, you know, like, like I'll just throw, I'm just going to use tonight's games as examples. You know, Indiana is playing Ohio state tonight. Uh, that's, that's one that I, you know, kind of. That's the one where that's, we're talking about Denzel on Ohio yeah. state. I had a, I had a feeling that was it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, that's what you're looking at. Ohio state 13th in the country uh, going on the road to Indiana. And not only are, did it open as Ohio State a small dog, but it quickly moved to Ohio State a bigger dog. Um, I believe yeah. up from, from like Indiana minus two up to Indiana minus three and a half. And so, you know, that, that game, it, it, it's just all these factors, right? Like for me, you know, I, I had that was like on my sort of short list for today. I just looked at that and I said, okay, I kind of missed the number that I wanted. And that's like the beauty about college basketball. There's so many games that like, you don't really, you should never be getting FOMO in college hoop. Like, mm-hmm. you know, NFL, NFL might be a little bit different. You know, you've got, you might, you might take that slightly worse number in the NFL because there's 15 games and, and you might say, ah, oh, you know, what? I, I missed three, but I, I can still make a case for, 
three and a half or four uh, because I love the spot, whatever. College hoop, you should never be doing that. If you don't, if you can't, if you're not getting like the playable number, there's so many games that like you, you really like could, should be able to go elsewhere in college basketball, in, in my opinion. Definitely. I think a good example of that was at the Iowa State game last night that ended up landing four and closed four. And some people maybe even took the worst number and got four and a half. And that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome example that actually closed five. And there was, I, I think there was actually more, like I saw people on Twitter, like freaking out about losing with Iowa state. And I responded to someone and I was like, if you lost with Iowa state, you deserved to lose that bet. And, and what, and, and the reason I say it like that is if you didn't think the bet Iowa state at one, at two, at two and a half, like once it gets to four and a half, you just have to go to a different game. Like unless the only bet there at that point is Texas Tech. If you can make, if, if you can make a case for Texas Tech, that's your bet. Like once it gets to four and a half, you, there's two things you either need to do. If you love Ohio, Iowa State so much that you can't possibly pass it up, you have to tailor your risk amount and bet the money line, in my opinion. You're still, you're still in the game. You didn't take a terrible number. And if you lose, you're, you don't, you're not getting like juice, like crazy on your loss. You didn't like lay double. Now, if you win, you're going to win a little bit less, but, but you still cash the ticket. Absolutely. And college basketball, we'll just continue with college basketball. It provides people a lot of opportunities to learn from those kinds of mistakes because there are so many games like that Iowa state game last night, really good example We'll see what happens with this Indiana game tonight. I mean, we'll see where this closes, but this could be another one where the people that got the best number early are the winners and the people who yep. took the worst number late are, are left uh, standing at the altar, so to speak. But let's let's keep going with college basketball. You talked about the, the home unranked team laying points against a ranked team. Are there any other sort of systems that you look for? What do you do with, with ranked versus ranked teams and some of the big marquee games? Do you look at those? Do you try to look for value elsewhere? Yeah. So just in general, I mean, I have, I come into the season. I think this is so important in college hoop uh, specifically because the volume of games and the volume of teams, I mean, we're talking like over 350 division one NCAA basketball teams. Now Um, it is, it is virtually impossible to have a beat on every single one of those teams when on a Saturday of college basketball, when there's 150 games to like not miss something when, when you're talking about like looking at, at each game. So the way you combat that a little bit, uh, the way I, I sort of like um, combat that is Going into the season, prior to the season starting, I have, uh, and this is going to be different for everyone, like I have the conferences that I, A, feel the most confident in, B, uh, know the most about, and I kind of, I pretty much just focus on on those conferences. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to make a bet outside of, of that, like if, if something, you know, pops and, and you know, there's, there's a couple of teams that I might have my eye on. Uh, in a, in a conference that I don't follow as closely. Uh, 
but I try to have the conferences I know I'm going to target. And then I have play on teams, play against teams. And I, I actually, uh, I, I published a lot of this at wager talk this year. Um, and it was free and, and it's actually still up there. Uh, if you go to wagertalk.com slash news and just go back to like late October, I think I posted like 21 different conferences. Um, I just didn't get around. I was going to do every conference. I just didn't get around to finishing it before the season started. But I think I did like 20 or 21 different conferences and gave like a couple play on play against teams out of those. And the reason that's important is you're going to going through the day to day. If you kind of did the work prior to the season and you know who the teams you're going to target are and who the teams are going to fade, especially in the non-conference, like those teams are going to run into each other at some point. Like it's going to happen. Yeah, if you have a few teams from each conference, they're going to run into each other and, it, and it's just going to, you're going to have like a subconscious thing and it's like, oh, okay. So I, I, you know, this UTEP, I like this team and they, you know, they ran into Pacific, who was a team I was going to fade. Um, and then it's like, you're, you're, you already got sort of a, you know, a framework um, to start like uh, sifting through the, the, just the vastness of like the college basketball card uh, to your point. Yeah. Marquee games. Uh, I'll definitely look for the, the ranked teams. Uh, that's always like a, a that's always going to get jotted down for me. You have a, you have a game like an Indiana Ohio state situation ranked team going on the road against unranked team, unranked teams favored at home. Um, yeah, that's always going to, going to at least get a, uh, a little jot down on my, on my note sheet to see if, if I, you know, can, can generate a, a play or if there's enough value to make a play there, you know, there's so many games on the board each day. And for me, like I'm the anti-volume better. like there's the volume better. And then there's me, like, I want to, I want to like get out of a, an 80 game, college basketball slate slate with like two or three plays, you know, sometimes one, sometimes, you know, like that's, so I'm, I'm my theory, like I, and I really believe this, like, so you want to make as few bets in your lifetime as possible. Okay. Like now that that's hard to do when you bet for a living and you do this every day. But what that means is you want to give the books as few chances as possible to get minus one to get you for minus one ten, like because every time you make a bet, the book gets plus one ten against you. Like you know what I mean? Like that's if you think about it like that, like you're always at a slight disadvantage every bet you make because you lay minus one ten and the book gets plus one ten. The way you the way you offset that that um, disadvantage that you're starting with as a sports better is selectivity, meaning the book they get plus 110 against you every single time, but they have to offer a line on every single game. They can't not, if there's a game, they've got to offer. Um, you know, they, they, they can't just pick and choose what, what games to offer. They got to offer a line and everything as the better you have to lay minus 110, but you don't, you can go through 80, 85 games, 40, hundred, depending on what day and bet one of them or bet two of them like wherever you have the biggest edge, that's, that's how you, that's your advantage as, as a better. So I like, I, I think that's like the biggest thing, like, cause you're going to be, you're at a statistical disadvantage as the player as a, as the better every single time you make a bet because of the VIG. You're different than like, and, and you should, I feel like most folks should 
take after that model. You're not like, I mean, I see David Koken, you know, I follow him and I see that he posts a lot of stuff and he does have more plays. He's very, he does more hockey stuff. So he's more of a volume guy and he produces, but just because he does and he sits at his computer and, and does this all day, doesn't mean that the average Joe should, should do that as well because he puts all his time and effort. The average guy's got his own nine to five and he doesn't, he's not going to be making four or five a day. You know, like you said, he's doing less time, you know, doing this. So it, it would be advantageous for the normal guy like us one or two a day. Hey, this one looks like it's got great value. And then it doesn't kill you. If you go zero and four in a day, it's a whole lot worse to your bankroll than, you know, one and one or zero and two. And, and what I'll say is this, like, you know, and, and this, this kind of is, is my, it's my betting philosophy. It's also like how I, I run my handicapping service, but um, I, for me, I want to, I want to be at risk at minus 110 or whatever, minus 120, whatever it may be. Uh, against the books as as few times as possible one and oh is much much better than two and one you know what i mean like one and oh is better than is better than two and one two and one yeah. is better than three is better than three and two um and and it, it's the simple thing is like you're just you the reason is you're just every time you lay minus 110 and lose that that uh you know that percentage gets harder to uh, obtain um yeah. you know especially so that's that's kind of how that's just like my like philosophy uh, just with betting in general and then when it comes to like it's when it comes to college basketball it can be it can be difficult because you know you get a game a day where there's just like a huge slate and then you've got like you know eight of your play on teams are in action and it's just like it can be overwhelming and it can be hard to like lay off some of those games. But that's like where, you know, you do it long enough and then, you know, you, you just kind of set yourself parameters that make it easier for you to, to skip games, to pass games off. Like for me, I don't really I don't love I don't like laying points. So for, if I'm going to lay points in a game like that, I better I better it better be like game of the year type type confidence. Right. I, I, I hate that term, but like, you know what I mean? Like I, if I'm going to go out and like lay six points in a college basketball game, I better, I better have made the number like minus 11. Like it's just, that's just me. Like that's not a lot of people are, are happy to, to bet favorites and whatnot, but I'm, I'm just more confident backing dogs and, and, you know, taking the number because, I just feel like more often than not, the games are going to be shaded in my favor if I do that. Um, yeah, these these are good things for people who are newer betters to listen to for sure, because you you really become selective the more you bet and you learn like what your style is and what kind of sides you're going to look for. Like Chris, you do a really good job of this on on your own Twitter at Hazmat Suit Twenty Three. You like to post the poopy plays, but you can't just bet every poopy play. Like you can't bet the magic every game. You can't bet. Right the Houston Rockets every game. So it's a great lesson people can take to college football Saturdays to NFL Sundays, where there's a large slate of games. Like you don't have to bet every single one. Like you said, one and O is better than two and one or three and two. And then the more you bet, the more juice you're paying. So that's all good stuff. Last thing on college basketball, and then we want to move on to NFL a little bit. How much does it piss you off when teams up three don't foul at the end of the game? (laughs) Oh my God. Honestly, 
I've been, I've been like treading water in college hoops so far this year. I mean, it's early. I'm not really that worried about it. Like I've been uh, like struggling to stay right at, right at like 50% so far. The reason is I, I can I seem to run into every like buzzer beater that, that team hits a buzzer beater ties the game. And then I lose in overtime and usually with a dog. And it is like, Cause this is just this. Now I'm just going to go on a rant because I'm pissed off because this happened <laughs> yeah. last night. The, it is absolute insanity that you would not foul up three when your opponent would have to make the first one just to get another foul shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second, it's like, then it goes into, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches, like there's younger coaches, but there's still a lot of dinosaurs that have been in this game for a very long time. They're great coaches. But what I, I think some fail to grasp, because like, here's the thing, the game hasn't changed. Like three points has been three points forever. Um, there's, you know, seven fouls to get in the bonus, 10 to get in the double bonus. You know, a three is worth three, a two is worth two. None of this has changed. But what has changed, all, the, all these kids can, can, can make 35 footers. Like it's, yeah. it, used to, it used to not be like that. It, it used to be, you know, teams ran offense and like there was, there was a couple guys on the floor that were sharpshooters. Now it's, it's not that everyone's a sharpshooter by any means, but like kids grow up, like growing up, like they're, they're firing from NBA range in games as eighth graders now. Like right. I, I remember playing, you know, I remember playing youth ball, like, and if I fired an NBA three in a game, I was, I was on the bench. Like if, if, it, if, that, if that thing by the grace of God did not go in, you, you were getting pulled out of the game for taking a bad shot. And, that, and now it's just like these kids start doing that at a young age and they, they can make them like they can make 35 footers, but you know, like, it's like, it's not that hard of a shot to the average player. So what it just, it's absolutely mind blowing. It's happened to me a handful of times this year, but just in the last week, I have Marquette against Creighton. This is this past Saturday. And Marquette up three at the end of the first overtime allows a kid to dribble into a three. And it's just like you you deserve to you deserve for that shot to go in. Like it's one thing. Listen, it's one thing if a kid comes flying off a screen and is like falling out of bounds and hits it and hits a tying three where you're just like all over him. But last night, same thing. Tulane literally just let the kid like let the kid pull up from 30 feet and like gave him that shot. It obviously went in like you can't like I'd rather see I'd rather see teams follow the jump shooter and put someone on the line and make them make three foul shots with the game on the line to tie the game. than just let someone shoot a three. It's absolutely I'm going right, to we got to move on. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it is absolutely mind blowing. It happens way too often, like way too often. It's like so frustrating. I think it was a conversation. I think it was a conversation like five years ago when that got popular and like people were saying it was a no brainer years ago. So now to be in 2022 and it to still be happening blows my mind. I mean, back in the day, like (laughs) that we've had the three forever back in the day, there was no three. So they probably just let them go take a bucket. It's like, Hey, we're up by three, go have your bucket. We're still winning. Now you'll foul us. And we'll go up two or three again. But so it's like it, now they have the opportunity to tie. You know, like you said, they can. You know, Steph Curry's been doing it since he was at Davidson before. They've been, like you said, people can do it as 
17 year old, 16 year olds, they can hit these. So I don't know why you wouldn't, like you said, Hey, they missed the first. Now you're still up three. They foul you. Now it's a ball game up four. if they make one, you're still up two. Now you go make one. Now you still can foul. So I don't know. It just seems the math adds up. I guess these coaches, uh, only thing I could say, I told Matt is like, they fuck integrity is this is don't you like like what's it herm said you play to win the game fuck the oh i don't want to you know foul because now we're you know we're not letting them have a chance who cares win the yeah. game right that's why you kneel at the end of the game like you know but much 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 tougher to make a free throw miss a free throw on purpose get a rebound get it to a player put it back up like and at least like, I mean, for me, if I'm, if I'm a coach, like I, I I'm going to feel better about a game being tied. If, if, if I'm up three and a team can make a foul shot, miss it, get the rebound, put it back in and score. I'm going to tip my cap and be like, all right, let's go to overtime. Like that's, right. I'll, I'll live with that. Yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, I'm dude. looking at uh, Chris's from our text thread last night. Chris called it almost disgusting and phone breaking when that happens. <laughs> yeah. It is just it's so frustrating. It's so bad. And you just know you're losing in overtime. Like, That's what Chris just, said. Like, he said, L, you just know I'm going to be an overtime loss. Yep. All right, let's mm-hmm. cut to a quick break for our anchor ad read. We're going to come back on the other side. Uh, Adam had quite a journey in the Circa Survivor uh, for the NFL this season. We're going to let him talk about that. And then we'll look ahead to the playoffs a little bit and talk about how to approach the NFL playoffs. So we'll be right back with that. Okay, so a little look ahead to the NFL, but first a little look back. Adam, you had uh, you had a hell of a run in the Circus Survivor Contest with a couple of buddies. You want to touch on um, how far you guys made it, how you lost, and then sort of that process of once you get far enough in the season, like, oh, shit, we're, we're doing well. And then as you start to lose teams available to pick, kind of how you guys arrived at your decisions each week. Yeah. So it was, I, I've never been a, a huge contest player. Um, it, it mostly because it, which is kind of dumb because like Kelly, you know, has always had like a, the proxy service and it, it would be easy for me to, to do that. But more, more so uh, I never, I've never been a huge uh, contest player because I don't, I don't like to be forced to pick five games in a weekend. Uh, but Sur- survivor is nice because it's just obviously you just pick you just need to pick a side to win the game and 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 you advance and you know this year like I kicked it we kicked it around the idea of doing it and then like got busy over the summer I never made it back out to Vegas uh, but our friend Patrick moved out there took a job and uh, like we like kind of like lost track of time and all of a sudden it was like the football season was starting and so we only did one entry like we just kind of like threw it in like they texted me and were like, Hey, do you, should we, you want to just split one circus survivor entry just so, you know, just to mess around with it. And I was like, yeah, obviously like that's yeah, whatever. Like, um, you know, Patrick was living in Vegas. He'll put the plays in for us. Great. So we, we, uh, strategy wise, like early on really was, was, uh, we didn't, we didn't like map out the, and this might be something that to, this might've been to our detriment a little bit. Um, the way we approached it was we wanted to use a sharp side that wasn't probably going to be the most publicly backed side, because that's the thing, like to, to win one of these survivor things, like you, you have to be a little contrary. 
Like you're, you're, you're probably not gonna, gonna win or get to the end. If you're just taking like the biggest chalk every single week, um, because otherwise a lot of people would get to the end and we know it doesn't work that way. Um, so that was like, kind of like our strategy, but, but fortunately for me, my, my two, uh, teammates, if you will, um, Chris Thurston, Patrick wall, we, we all kind of think the same way. I think we, we have a lot of the same resources. So anyway, we made it to the final, we made it to week 15, um, which is actually for, for contest terms is, is actually would have been our 16th pick. So there's, so in the circus survivor contest, there's actually 20 weeks uh, because Thanksgiving is its own week and Christmas is its own week. Um, so we made it, we, we, we made it to pick 16, if you will. Um, so we were, so we were five away from, from splitting the prize. Um, there was 23 people left and we ended up using the Jaguars and we got absolutely crucified on Twitter for doing so. And so I have yet, like we had, none of us have really talked about this publicly um, since that happened, I mentioned, I, I mentioned it a little bit on, um, on my hustle show, but I literally like touched on it for like two seconds. Um, because people were just like, how could you possibly use the Jaguars with $6 million on the line? Like, how could you do that? And so I'm going, I'm going to right here on, on the fade you podcast, I'm going to explain why we use the Jaguars in that spot. Because I actually think like people were like on Twitter, like you guys are are, like, there were like, we were getting like tweets at us, like someone, I think uh, there was like popular Twitter people or like popular, like who the, uh, one of like the blue check Mark, like ESPN guys was (laughs) was like, if you had a bad day yesterday, I I think it might've been um, Kazarian. I think it might've been Doug Kazarian. And he tweeted something out like, if, if you had a bad day, bad day yesterday, at least you're not the people that went out of Circus Survivor using the Jaguars. Like, that was his tweet. Wow. And the Jaguars were a really sharp side that week. They actually opened at three, and there was a number of sharp betters that I, that I knew took three. And that game actually went off Jaguars minus six. And we kind of knew – that it was going to go, that it was, that there was going to be no buyback, that all the money on the Jaguars was sharp. Any money on the Texans, the Texans were essentially a square dog. And that the Jaguars were basically a sharp side, which for some reason they are every week and they never cover. But um, we just said, you know what? Jaguars are at home. We're basically, they're a, they're a touchdown favorite in this game. We obviously only need them to win it's the best option for us. And uh, of course, not everyone looks at it like that. You know what the, the masses saw were we took the two and 11 Jaguars with $6 million on the line, 23 p- people left and we took the Jaguars and it didn't work out, but, but had we not played that the contest that way, we probably wouldn't have still been in the final 2023. 20, so, you know, we, that was the, the poop backfired there, if you will, because we, uh, we took, <laughs> There you go. They, uh, well, no, that's the funny thing. Yeah, because people were on the, the poopy Texans. So you guys were kind of like, right. oh, this might be the time. 
to, to fade him. And uh, you never want to be on a poopy, trendy dog. That's for sure. Yep. But uh, yeah. that's a good explanation. People need to realize that they think they're hot shit. And, you know, I'm not too big of a fan of Doug because he's a super square. He's always on faves. He never wants yeah. to. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not either. Sure. So, but, yeah. Uh, fuck him and all those guys. It's like, dude, there's a reason. And there's a reason <laughs> behind the madness. And it makes sense. And, you know, that people don't realize that Christmas and Thanksgiving is all these own, own weeks, you know, and these survivor yep. things. And you've got to be real methodical with it. The survivor contests are so tough because to your point, it is a delicate balance between simply surviving and advancing so that you put yourself in a good position, but also planning to make sure that you don't get fucked at the end of the season with some of these special parameters. So uh, it's still of a hell of a run for you guys. So you think you'll do it again next year? Oh yeah. And next year, not only are we going to do it again next year, but now we're, we're going, we'll be all in next year. We'll have the maximum number of entries and go in with a, with a far better strategy where we're, we're, you know, kind of, you know, doing things on different entries um, just to, to try to get to, you know, different points with like different teams available and whatnot. But um, we had a blast doing it though. Um, that Jaguars Texans game is, is still going to haunt me for oh, a yeah. long time. Let's finish with this. By the time this is posted, uh, the regular season will be over and everyone will, the playoff bracket will be set. We'll know who has that, that one seed in the AFC. It could be a whole bunch of teams at this point. How do you approach betting the NFL playoffs, Adam, now that we're actually going to have in theory, good football to watch wildcard weekend. And then the, the divisional weekend after that, do you identify teams that you think are going to be overvalued versus undervalued? Do you kind of let the matchups get set and the market settle? How do you look at the postseason? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the NFL is the sharpest market out there as it is um, NFL playoffs. Like the, these odd, you're not going to beat the odds makers anywhere. Once it comes to NFL playoffs, like you're just not going to uh, the, the, the lines are going to be, already sharp when they when they get put out so really it really becomes for me uh, i'm i'm entirely trying to play off uh mass overreaction uh you know public perception that i feel is incorrect because that's that's the only way i think i can get any line value is if um or in in a lot of, of cases you know we'll use uh, we can use the um national championship game on monday night as an example for this uh, in my opinion, and I think a lot of like sharp betters are on Georgia here. Uh, the, the reason I think a lot of sharp betters are on Georgia is that line should be higher. And the reason it's not is because the, the books, the books know that if they put out Alabama as a dog at just about any number, they're going to get the, they're going to get the, the hand, the, the desired hand. So they don't have to give you, they don't have to give the, the casual better three or three and a half with Alabama because they know that they're still going to generate the Bama money by giving, by putting up plus two. They're still going to get that same or plus two, plus two and a half. So those are the types of things that you'll get in the NFL playoffs as well. I happen to love Georgia. And if, if you, you know, there's a, there's a pick for you. If this goes out and gets posted on Monday, that game's Monday night. I, I, I actually gave out Georgia eight to one on the first episode of the hustle 
And guess what? We're, we're not hedging it. We're just going to let that ride. Um, but I love, I love Georgia on Monday. It's, it's a play I gave out at wager talk as well. And I think that's a good example of kind of like what you you'll see in the NFL playoffs where the odds makers are playing off of what they know the public's going to do. They know that the public is going to be happy to back Alabama as a small underdog. And so what they can do is book it at a number that's slightly worse than what it probably should be. Um, I would say Georgia, I would probably make Georgia three and a half point favorite in this game. Um, And then you've got built in things like in-season revenge. You have revenge from Georgia losing in CFP to Bama a few years back. Um, So I like the motivational angles on Georgia and, and and it really kind of comes down. You can kind of handicap NFL playoffs the same way, right? Like you're going to, you're going to get sharp lines. Now, just because this, the line is sharp. I mean, if you, if you get the matchup that you want, um, you know, it might be, who did the Rams play last year? I remember loving the Rams in the first it's Seattle. In, yeah. Played Seattle so, and they had just yeah. played each other. Right. So like if you might get, you might get these um, divisional games or like these rematches of a game earlier in the season. Uh, I like to, I love, those are the games I like to bet because I like to go back and see what happened early in the season. And also try to try to put my, go back in time a little bit and put myself back in, in like week seven mode or week six mode and say, okay, like what, what were these two teams then when they played? And then like, what are they now? And is it like, you know what I mean? Like, can I, can I like figure out, it, like looking back, was was there a reason that that score and that final result was that? Was it because let, let's say the Seahawks are better than the Rams, Rams are better than the Seahawks, or like did the Rams catch Seattle? Um, you know, did the Rams have to play the Seahawks early in the season on a Thursday night game on the road on a short week where they had a, a tough game the week before? So you got you got to go back through the schedule and look look at the spot the game occurred and look at what happened in the week prior to that. And the week after that, was it a look ahead spot? Did they just come off a huge game? Did they have a huge game on deck? Was it before a buy, you know, was it, was it out of a buy, you know, was the team that they were playing coming off a buy? I think if you, you, you start to do all those things and you can say, okay, the, the, there was a final score of this game and that's what everyone's going to look at, right? Like, I'll look for stuff like that. And so you have to just basically be able to to evaluate that and see if there's a disconnect with the number or how the game is being bet. And, and, and those like anomalies should be your bets in the NFL playoffs. That's what you, you know, that's a great point. Great point. I mean, and, and people don't look at it like that and people don't realize that, you know, they were overreacting. You heard on follow the money. You heard that everyone's going, oh, Bama should be minus three now. It's like, dude, they were just plus six and a half. Like, settle down with that noise. Right. And, like, they were just minus six. And now, like you said, probably should be three and a half, four. But you're getting it two and a half, three. And and I think another good example might be the Rams and Packers. If the Rams have to go to Packers again, we just saw the Rams were getting steam in in Green Bay. They get their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved the Rams. Now you're probably going to see instead of Rams minus two, a Packers minus three or four. No Rams going in the cold, and you could sit. You could argue, well, 
they've played each other. This is a totally different scenario. Now the Rams are hungry and you could see them losing by a field goal and they're catching three in the hook. So yeah, you have to look at those scenarios and the line flips and the value. So, you know, don't just, the Packers already won. The Packers just beat them at home. They're going to do it again. What I will say about the Rams, I, I think Matt Stafford has been playing hurt for, for weeks now. He's, he's had like, it, it's not been like overly reported on, but he's had like a back injury and I, I don't think he's looked anything like he's had flashes maybe against some of like the, the worst teams that he's played, but he has looked nothing like the Matt Stafford of the first month of the year that if you go back to like week three, week four, I mean, and you turn on follow the money, turn on any of these shows, ev- everyone was on the Ram- oh, Rams are winning the Super Bowl Like they're, they're running away with it, right? Stafford MVP, like, all that stuff. MVP, yeah. everything. That could be a great, that's a great example. You get a Rams team that's healthy and Stafford looks healthy and they're playing the Packers. You're probably getting it. You're going to probably get some value on the Rams side, just, just because of how hot the Packers are coming in and what happened in the previous meeting. And that's how, in my opinion, that's how you handicap the NFL playoffs. Um, so for me, NFL playoffs is going to be, can I, can I do it? Is, is there an overreaction based on something that happened earlier this year? Or is the, has the betting public gone so far off the deep end one way that there's, there's enough value to go the other way. And do I like this, the other side enough to, to put my money on it? And, and it's really, there's not much else to it than that for me. Once, once it becomes NFL playoff time. It's interesting that you talk about potential rematches. I'm looking at just the various scenarios right now. It's a little tougher or it's a little easier in the NFC, depending on what happens this weekend and how these games shake out where we could get Eagles bucks, which would be kind of what you were talking about earlier. That was a matchup from way earlier in the season. It might've been one of those. Oh God. You know what that might've been. That might have been Eagles backdoored it on Thursday with a two night. point conversion. Yeah, yeah. Point. when they went yep. for two. Yes, that's yep. that's exactly right. So interesting. I was on that, the Eagles in that game plus seven, and they went for two. Oh and, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that, that was, was fan, awesome. that was phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, we'll see if we get any of these match or rematches, and it's good. I love what you said, and people can take a lot from that when they listen to this going into the playoffs. That don't just look at the final score from what happened previously consider the context and all the factors that were surrounding that were there injuries. Was it a game like this week where the Rams already have their playoff spot locked up and they're not playing for as much as the 49ers are. So uh, that's, that's just such good stuff and such a good way for people to approach these playoff games where, like you said, the lines are going to be extremely tight and you also don't have to bet every playoff game. That's kind of maybe the way that we should leave it. Oh yeah. A hundred. And it's, and it's, it's, it's hard because they're all standalone games and it's like, you know, you're they're they're big build-up games. But yeah, like it, if you're doing this, listen, if you're doing this for, for recreational purposes, I'm sure there's a bet to be had somewhere in, in each of the four games. But yeah, I mean it's if you're actually trying to make money betting sports, chances are on a playoff weekend with four games, like you know, you might be on you might be on one or two of them. Like Maybe, but you know, I mean, I, I've, I, but you never know. I, I think I've had playoff weekends where I've played in three of the four games. And I think I've had other playoff weekends where I've made one bet. Like it's, it's, it, it there's never no, no two playoff, you know, it, it's never going to be the same, right? Like it's 
Some years there's more overreaction, some years there's less. So, yeah. That's great stuff from Adam. Uh, We can't thank you enough for coming on again. We'll see how the NFL playoffs go. Hopefully we can catch up with you maybe ahead of conference tournaments or March Madness, and hopefully we will see you in Vegas. Uh, I know that's where I met you for the first time in the clubhouse at the Westgate. Chris is dumbass, couldn't make it, but he says he's going to get work off this this time around. Oh, yeah, Chris, you got to come this thing. We got – because we're going to have – I think we're going to have, like – the whole crew. I, I, from yeah. what I know, I don't think I don't think there's anyone that's 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 gonna miss. So we we, we it should be a, it should be a good time. Good. I'm sure Kelly. I'm sure Kelly will get the clubhouse again. Hell yeah, yeah. We look forward to that. We'll definitely see you there. Uh, so thanks again. Make sure you guys are following Adam at Top Flight SI on Twitter. Make sure you check out the Hustle Podcast. Uh, you guys do a phenomenal job and give out some great info and tons of winners. So everybody should check that out. Hustle show pod on Twitter. You guys record on Wednesdays, right? Yeah. So actually um, we added a a second show. So we are uh, Wednesdays at 6 PM and now uh, Saturdays. That's right. uh, The the time varies. It's, it's always going to be between 10 AM and 11 AM. But it's always going to be Saturday mornings. You can just, you can go to hustle show pod. Uh, that's our Twitter handle, uh, all one word. And we always will always tweet out the show time. But yeah, Wednesday, always at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then Saturday, uh, we, we it's a more informal show where we just kind of go live uh, for like 45 minutes before the college basketball games tip off and just try to fire out as much sharp info as possible. Absolutely. And Chris, uh, Chris got the Vivas. Chris, you're liking the Vivas, yeah? Yeah, I got the Vivas. My wife yesterday, can I have one? I'm like, no, you can't touch them. Of course. Fucking <laughs> unleash those. Yeah. She says they're tasty too. Uh, I'm going to get home and, and have, I still have four or five left. So I haven't consumed all of them yet. I'm pacing myself. Again, even if you're not a tequila drinker, which I'm not, you can barely taste the tequila. I, I mean, I think I had 10 of them before the Patriots game a couple, like a month ago when I went out. <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, I know you got a few left, so save one for me, asshole. Uh, bring one over. Let's watch. <laughs> let's watch uh, the Adams Bearcats cash for us. How about that? I yeah. hope so. I there hope we go. So. All right. Maybe so we'll for... maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll go into OT tonight with a favorite and then cover. Maybe that. <laughs> we you deserve it at yeah. this point. So all right. I think well, I would. Yeah. Thanks again to Adam for Chris. Uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Chris, just remind everybody before we get out of here what happens sometimes when you bet on some of the poop that Adam gives us and that we love. Sometimes the idiot coaches don't do us any favors and you lose an OT. (laughs) Stay strong. Yeah, 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 yeah.